Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am Pastor Brad Mathias, here in the studio with- I'm Robert Beeson. Robert, we're uh, marching to the end of season seven. Isn't that amazing? Actually, I remember the day that I came into your part of the office because we had a line drawn down the middle of a room, and that was your office miles from the side. Don't cross the line, yeah. And I remember said, I think we should maybe look into podcasts. You're like podcasting? What the heck? And now think about that. Like we're so far into it, and it's been so well received. It's kind of crazy that you know. Yeah, I, and I you th- become quite the pro at it. I think it's it's. First of all, I don't know what you want, but I, I think it went a little different than that. As uh, oh, yeah? I recall. I don't yeah. know about that. You were like hopping, skipping, like jumping. You were so excited. Like a little kid who has to pee. You were jumping up and down. Oh, really? Like, yeah. we need to do a podcast. We really, please, 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 kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. I that's how we it just went. agree to disagree. And I was like, you know what? <sighs> Everybody's doing a podcast. Why Why do we need to do a podcast? And you went into the whole thing. So, you know, you want my heart, mm. which you, you always do that, but it took a while. So what you're saying in a, in a roundabout way, and I understand that you're insecure about this, but um, is your you're saying, Robert, you were right, is what you're saying. As I look into the camera, Robert, you were right. There you go. Okay. And here we are. Do you so feel better? I, I feel great. I think I've dealt with my insecurities. How about you? No, I, I've known that for a long time, Brad. In the office, in the studio today, right here with us, in the room. We don't have to ignore them. We can look at them. We can say hi. Our two people that have been along the journey with us for about the extent of the time. Oh, my gosh. And they put up with you even before I ever knew you. Mm -hmm. This is true. They're even more (laughs) of an expert on Robert Beeson than I am. That's true. Joey and Ann Ciccolini, welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. Hello. Thanks for having us. It's great to have both of you here. Yeah. It is great. Uh, You know, Joey's been behind the scenes for this uh, podcast as a producer and in the studio sound tech engineer. Man of Everything. all trades. He's Guiding MacGyver. all sides yeah. of this. Yeah. <laughs> He's a Christian MacGyver. Um, Pretty much. <laughs> and, you know, Joey and Ann have these deep, deep roots in the Christian music world that go back, you know, decades. Yep. Um, to the 1800s, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> right. You guys look great, by the way. <laughs> uh, no, in all seriousness, they've been around the industry for a long time. I met Joey for the first time. Joey, what? 25 years ago? Uh, easily, if not yeah. more. So Joey um, was a road manager for a group that I worked with called Jars of Clay. And so we originally connected there. And then when I started working with Michael W. Smith, he was a road manager and basically the right-hand guy to Michael. Um, and so we've kind of, in the periphery, been around each other for so many years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, and know the story that we're going to talk of um, today, I, I remember vividly the season that you guys went through it and the whole industry, you know, was, was marked by the things that we're going to talk about today. But, um, so through that, I got to know Ann a little bit and it's just been, they've been really an anchor to the Christian music industry for so long. And so we're, we're glad that you're going to be brave enough to talk to us about this. Cause we know that this is a very difficult thing to talk about. Right. Well, we'll be brave. I'm not sure if we're going to be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. And that's a good reminder to our audience that our title is tongue in cheek. Uh, brilliant and brave is nothing that a parent feels ever when they're being a parent. And um, just for the record, just to kind of 
cement something here. I didn't come up with the title, so um, I'm going to distance myself from that. I'm going to look. But at, let's move along. I'm going to look at the camera again. I'm going to say, M "Robert's right. That's correct." Yeah. I, I came up with the title because of a small group at the church that they attended with me, mm -hmm. and we were actually praying about what, what should we call this podcast. And Tanya Grabby mm -hmm. came up with this name. Hmm. Really? Yep. You didn't know that, Joey? No, I didn't either. Yeah, I remember. I, he yeah. always blamed you. <laughs> that's a likely story, actually. That's that makes a lot of sense. Well, it, it was tossed in with a grocery list of things he was blaming you with. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you know, and and that's the reason that Madison, uh, one of our uh, sound assistants and production assistants from Texas, believes you really do have an apple tattoo on your chest because mm. she's been listening to the podcast all mm. these years and she thinks you really have a tattoo on your chest. Well, there'll be a, a big reveal. Uh, well, oh, on gosh. the 100th episode. 100th episode. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, we're kind of dancing around a little bit. Uh, some some serious topic here. And, yeah. uh, you know, I remember, Joey, when we were in a production planning meeting and we were thinking about uh, the season and uh, different guests that we we could have and topics that we felt like would be really helpful for our audience to know about. And you brought up uh, you uh, and Anne's story of losing a child mm -hmm. uh, several decades ago mm -hmm. and, and how that has really fundamentally changed how, uh, both your view of God, but also your marriage and your family. And, and we've had a lot of guests on over the last six, seven seasons who've had different grief experiences and, and I think you have some real wisdom, you and Anne, in how to walk through grief and ways that uh, parents can grieve that are healthier than some of the things we've been hearing about on our show. So I want to open the door for you guys to tell us the story about your son and uh, bring us up to speed in your own words, and then maybe we can ask some questions. Okay. Well, Talk to us first about the, the, just the medical facts and, and what, what happened, Anne. You're medical. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's my deal, I guess. Um, right. Uh, well, it was 1996. Mm. Um, probably some of you who are watching were just toddlers at that point. But um, <laughs> we had found out that we were pregnant with our fifth child. And, um, and it was a little scary. We had the year before lost a child during pregnancy mm. at four months. And so... Uh, there was some apprehension and anxiety going into this and a whole lot of prayer. Um, and so went for the normal, you know, uh, ultrasound at five months and didn't hear anything from the doctor, assumed everything was fine. Went in at six months, doctor said, you know, did the usual routine. And then I asked about the ultrasound report, which I think he read for the first time. And it indicated that there were some issues with our baby's heart. Mm. And this is um, five months in? Five months in. Yeah. So um, a few months, a few days later, they sent us up to another hospital to have a, an echo done by a pediatric cardiologist and confirmed that um, our son Noah was diagnosed with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Hmm. So basically, the left side of his heart hadn't developed correctly. Wow. And, um, and that once he was born, he could not live with his heart. Hmm. Um, the way it was formed. So you knew at at about the five months into a nine month pregnancy that that you knew the end of the story, so to speak. Um, that that there right. was there was going to be heartache on the other end, and so that had to be right. Um, 
Def definitely. I mean, our, our cardiologist was fantastic, and she, um, you know, gave us some time to kind of digest what she was telling us and, you know, basically said that there were several options that um, <clears throat> we could definitely um, choose to terminate the pregnancy. That was one of the options. There were two surgical options, uh, a okay. uh, three-step surgical procedure called the Norwood uh, that could be done or, <clears throat> excuse me, um, or a heart transplant ultimately would have probably been the the other option. Mm -hmm. um, and the last thing she said to us, and you can choose what we call compassionate care. You can carry this baby to term and love it for the time that you have it, which could be a few hours to a week or more, um, and not do anything medically to intervene mm. at that point. Um, so Joe and I definitely went home and cried and prayed and, um, mm. and just to, to kind of discern what it was that we felt God was leading us to do at this moment for our child. Mm. That had to be just an enormous weight. I, I just, I can't even put myself in that position. You know, you hear about grief that, that comes and you know, suddenly, but to know that you're faced with, you know, a life or death, death situation and and you're going to have to kind of live through that, it's, it's that's to someone that you haven't even met yet, you know? Right. I mean, that's an enormous amount of weight. What, what if you can go back to that season, mm -hmm. what are those, what held you guys? Ultimately, you know, you can walk us through the choices that you made, but what held you guys together? I mean, did, did you deliberately do something as a couple that, that brought unity in facing this? Or was it just survival? I mean, yeah. you just, you know, I mean, honestly, yeah, there's sure. people that deal with it that sometimes... I would think it was more survival. Yeah. Uh, focusing, we tried our best to keep our focus, maybe Jesus-centered, mm -hmm. Christ-centered, should I say. And then... Um, but no, it was new. It was every step of the way. Yeah. It was uh one moment at a time. Yeah, just... one moment at a time, another day. I mean I out on I mean when we first found out we were pregnant, she said she wanted to name the baby Noah. Hmm. I said, What are you crazy? You're not naming the baby <laughs> Noah. I'm gonna name my baby James. <laughs> it's James, you know, and I'm out on the road with some people you, everybody knows. And we're going, no, we're not going, no, we're not going to let that woman name our baby. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> and, you know, as soon as she came over and told me, he said, Noah. Okay, here you go. You win. <laughs> yeah. It's not you win. Lord wins. That's yeah. what I felt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I want to make sure we keep up with this story. So sure. at, at some point then uh, Noah was born. Right. Um, yeah. Well, we pretty, I mean, after that day, I think it was within a matter of days that we really felt certain that God was calling us to just, um, you know, hopefully make it to pregnancy. There was always this slim chance he wouldn't wouldn't make it to term, um, and to to welcome him into the world and just love him for the time that we had. Um, so um, I, I still remember clearly the moment sitting on our back swing in our backyard, mm -hmm. sitting down, going, "Okay, so what are we going to do?" And we just both. And I'm so thankful that we were both on the same page. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, there, so there was no, no 
disagreement or differing of opinions on yeah. just how we felt God wanted us to and, proceed. And along with that, I mean, we it happened to be a small season in my life where I traveled a lot, but at this point I was home. Hmm. Mm-hmm. As as God would have it that you could be there. Yeah. So yeah. you 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 came to full term mm-hmm. and gave birth and right. Noah was born and walk us through that experience. Yeah. It had to be so bittersweet to see this beautiful. Definitely, it was definitely bittersweet. Um, it was just a holy moment. Mm. Um, uh, you know, our kids, our other kids were there. We had um, three children at the time. Our youngest was with some friends during labor, but our older two kids were there with us to be there when Noah came into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, he looked so perfect. Right. It's so perfect. You couldn't tell, right. like, from holding him, it was yeah. just... so there was that moment of hope of, you know, maybe God healed him. Because hmm. um, we were still holding on to that that was possible. Anything's possible, yeah. Um, and they did an echo and confirmed that, indeed, his heart was even... Uh, the syndrome was even worse, worse. than they had thought hmm. from the echo during pregnancy. But uh, we had close, close friends come to the hospital. Um, our pastors hmm. of our church came at the time and baptized him for us mm. there in in the room he was born in. Um, and it was it was sweet. It was yeah. just beautiful. So how much time did you have with Noah? Well, what, almost three days? It was about three, three and a half days. Yeah, yeah. almost, yeah, around three days. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for us, or at least for myself, uh, sleep wasn't a big issue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sleep. Yeah, but because uh, you we, have limited amount of time, and it's yeah, just you want to take so every we, minute in. We went home from the hospital as soon as we could. Mm-hmm. Set up with a hospice so that Noah could pass at home, mm-hmm. and uh, we didn't have to do this in the look of a hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, it was an amazing few days. I mean, our, my family had flown in from different parts of the country to be with us. Uh, people close to us came to meet him um, at the house. Um, the first night we were home, um, uh, Joe had finally, I think, fallen asleep for a few minutes out of exhaustion. And, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and I just lost it. I was just mm-hmm. overcome with fear that I couldn't do this. Mm. Um, and it's one of the few times in my life I just distinctly heard God say, I'm here, Mm. I'm with you. Mm. Um, And that really carried me through the next season. Yeah, I mean, when it came to the the last hours, I mean, we had people in the hallway, the house praying, people on the front lawn. (laughs) Yeah, people surrounded you with support and love and... Yeah, we had a, you know, it was really, it was a strange time, too, because we had a dog that would eat you. And, uh, <laughs> he was a wild dog. And the dog just laid down in the kitchen and never moved for three days. Wow. Almost yeah. unsaid, but like out of respect for and and, and mm-hmm. reverence for what yeah. was happening in the home. Sure. And they're yeah. almost, I mean, we just almost felt like there was just an angelic yeah. presence with us in that time. Yeah, I, I really did. Felt very strongly that there was something else other than just the two of us. Yeah. I, I remember that season because, you know, 
you peripherally, we were involved in each other's lives. And I, I remember people in the industry, all of us praying for you guys, because, you know, we knew how this ended. And so it was just, so I can tell you that there was a lot of people, a lot of people praying. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you felt that as hard as it was to walk through this. Um, because there, there was, there, there was a lot, there was a lot of people standing in community with you. Mm-hmm. And that's very fortunate that you felt that. Yeah. Um, coming out of it, it took time. Mm-hmm. I, they say that, you know, men do things, bury themselves in work or something. And, and I went out in the garage and rebuilt this 1930s compressor for no reason <laughs> at all. I just did this, this piece of junk and I, I just, just poured yourself into it. Poured it. I mean, yeah. things you know, just, I don't know why. Mm. I've never even turned the thing on. <laughs> to date? To date. It's back in the box. Huh. Wow. <laughs> just it just looks pretty. But um and and uh and being I don't know, different than me, um <laughs> did some counseling, went to um a grief counselor, right? Right. Yeah, I um, actually, during pregnancy, when I found out about Noah, I started seeing a, a counselor who was fantastic. And he had himself lost a child. And um, so it was just very gentle and, and really um, helped us walk, helped me walk through that period. And um, so, um, yeah, when, you know, there's just all these stages of grief and so, you know, when Noah died, he was at home with us and, um, you know, within a few days we had a service and, um, and it was amazing. All those people that had been praying for us, I mean, were filled the church and were out the door mm-hmm. and literally um, pulled tour buses up to be there so yeah. that they could then leave to get on the road to the tours they needed to get to. Um, so there was... It was amazing. I I was there. Yeah. Um, And I can remember feeling, this is what unity feels like. Yeah. Because people just came together. I mean, it it was remarkable. And I mean, that's just a testimony Mm -hmm. to you know God using tragedy and brokenness to 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 bring a a greater purpose. And and it's not we're not celebrating the fact that or or happy about the fact that Noah isn't with us today but sure. it's amazing to see what God does through that and bringing right. people together you know a song was birthed out of this yeah. um Michael and, and Amy, Amy right yeah. they wrote a song wrote a song hello goodbye mm-hmm. and so those of you that are listening can go search that out and and know that this is the this is the origin of that story um talk to us a little bit because I know this just from some of the work that I do but the importance of finding community that that are going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you were talking a little bit about this sure. this grief. Yeah, for me that was really important because, especially I think because those moments surrounding his life and his death were so full of mm-hmm. love and support that when it got to be a week, ten days, two weeks later, yeah, I was I was lost. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so a friend of mine had suggested that I try a, a support group that was at a hospital in Nashville uh, for parents who'd lost babies mm-hmm. during, during pregnancy or shortly thereafter. And um, Joe, I think, was by that time already on the road. Mm-hmm. And 
So she offered to go with me. There's mm. no way I could have gone alone. So right. always, always go with your friends. At least initially until you get, yeah. Them. Yeah. So um, that group was just amazing because mm. it was to be able to sit into a room with, you know, a dozen parents who had experienced the same thing. Mm -hmm. And for some of them, it was new and the pain was deep and they were raw. And then we had these wonderful facilitators who, you know, their experience had been 8, 10, 12 years prior. And it just gave such hope that, okay, I can make it through this. I can live through this. I'm going to be forever changed. I'll never be the same person I was before it. But there is hope. And there is a future. And um, for me, that was, I just, as a woman, I really needed that. And that, that group became just a lifeline to me for almost a year. Um, and and then I, for a decade after that, worked with the group, uh, was on their board of directors and facilitated grief groups to try and mm. help other parents along in their grief process. But you would come home and tell me stories where, uh, not, not, details but you would say things where you meet somebody new when it may have been a car accident or something that lost their child or whatever and if their lives because this wasn't per se an actual christian counseling mm -hmm. their lives would be seem so different so mm -hmm. hopeless so empty mm -hmm. you know yeah i i don't know yeah. how somebody could go through all this and not have a point of faith. Right. You know, <clears throat> as I'm listening to you, and, I, and I've and i pastored with you for many years here in the Nashville area, mm -hmm. and I know a lot of your story. Personally, I've seen the impact. But for our audience who's listening, there are parents right now who are finding out they mm -hmm. just had their echocardiogram. Yeah. It's their five-month mark, yeah. and they're having to make decisions. Sure. They're having to decide, you know, what— what would God have me do in this? And those are deeply personal, intimate, mm -hmm. painful struggles within a marriage. And I, I am confident uh, that you guys, having walked through this, experienced Christ in a new way. Definitely. Because God always shows up in our storms, right? Like <laughs> he sure. comes across yeah. the water and stuff, and mm -hmm. he reveals himself in a new way, and he says, peace be still. Mm -hmm. he, he controls something in each of these uncontrollable circumstances. Yes. What is it if you could? And I know I haven't prepped you, so I'm just throwing this at you. But looking back now, you have hindsight of two decades of God's faithfulness mm -hmm. after your pain. What did you discover about Christ in this? Um, yeah, definitely um, an even greater awareness of just his love for me and his faithfulness that he's always present even in those moments where it doesn't feel like it i mean there was a period of months after noah died where i just felt like my prayers were hitting a brick wall that mm -hmm. there was just nobody out there responding to me um but yet the spirit within me just i just had to persevere i just and um and really my understanding of who God is and who we are as Christians and just what our life on this earth is about um, was very different a year or two after Noah's death. Mm. Um, you know, prior to that, um, I, I feel like I was uh, 
pretty typical of a lot of Christians in our country in that, um, and in that era to the 90s, it was just, you know, it was great to be a Christian. Um, everything, you know, the, the, we were in the music industry and it was booming. I mean, everything was just good and abundant and hmm. um, easy in a lot of respects. Yeah. Um, and so through this experience, I definitely learned that that isn't the, the walk that God intends for us. Yeah. You know, that we are all called to suffer as Christ suffered. Hmm. And acquainted with grief. And, amen. Yeah. And yeah. it's okay. And I just came to a much deeper understanding of, you know, Paul talks in Romans about we're to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That <laughs> I just really um, had a new commitment to being present with the people in my life and with my church to uh, enter into not only their joy, but their grief with them. What would you, you know, unfortunately, um, in the last 60 days, um, we in the mm. Christian industry have been rocked again by, you know, yes. um, someone that we, we know and love that mm. lost their son. Um, and I know that we're talking about Toby and Amanda. Mm, yeah. Um I know that they felt supported by all the people that attend, not just attended the memorial, but the, just the love and prayer. And so we know that. But like you were saying, Anne, um, after the first two weeks have gone by and, you know, the meal train ends and yes. like all that, um, what would you tell those of us out there that are standing by and seeing people grieve? Mm -hmm. What can we do and what should we not do? I know there are some you know, buzzwords that you, you hate to hear. So <laughs> what are those? Because I mean, honestly, sure. I think we need to know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we need to know mean well, well but because mean, honestly, I, I mean, it's, yeah. I, I think it's this with a lot of things in the church, like divorce and all and death is that it's not that we don't care. It's just, we don't know sure. what to do. And so yeah. help us with what, what would be a helpful way for us to engage with those going through grief? Well, I, I think, I think everybody, I was right there, right along the, everywhere, everybody, you think that you get to a certain point and then they'll say, well, that'll be good. We'll pray for them and let them know. We'll give them some meals. And when that's done, you know, they should have, here comes the buzzword, closure. And <laughs> not I, a good buzzword. It's not yeah. a good buzzword because you never, and, and society just does that. Like, well, he grieved for three weeks. He should have closure by now. Or, mm. you know, they, they throw that word out there. And, and even longer times, I'm not saying three weeks. It could be yeah, right. a couple months. But the one thing I noticed, and and we are all guilty of, is that when something happens, we all jump on the bandwagon, like you say. Mm -hmm. get, out, get out the meal charts and cook the pot of sauce, and here we go. Yeah. And uh, But for us, I think what we noticed was after about a good month, we felt very alone. Yeah. We felt very alone. It was like... Maybe nobody even wanted to hear our story anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know they moved on. They moved on. Yeah. Life moved on. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was that was that was awful. But that was awful, you know. and we remember that. But let's move on. And you know what? It doesn't move on. Mm. And it doesn't matter what the situation is. It, it, it there'll, there'll be triggers that'll bring it back to memories. Yeah. Sitting here, I, I, you know, you guys are fighting. I mean, this is how many years, and it's still. Yeah, 23. Oh, yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there yeah. are triggers all the time. Sure. Yes. And so, what can what can we do for those Tobies out there? That you know, as as a body of Christ, what are things that we can do? I know for Joe, um, I mean, he went on the road like yeah. so soon after Noah died, and it really was a gift for him because he was surrounded by some young men who loved him, and just wanted to listen, wanted mm. him to tell their story, his mm. story. And that is so crucial, just to be able to say, it was so important to be able to say Noah's name, mm. to be able to talk about that little bit of time that we had with him, mm. um, to be able to be with somebody who was willing to just be silent. Yeah, I, if I, just there, be if with I you. had no words I di- and I didn't, I couldn't hear anything from them, just to be present and even just to remind me of their presence by... Um, you know, uh, a phone call, which usually was a message. I never picked up the phone right. or an email or a card in the mail, just something saying we remember and we're praying. Um, mm. I know one of the hardest things for me in the months following Noah's death was, um, I, I mean, I just had this feel, I had this, this is just kind of me, but I was determined that I was going to grieve well, mm. that for, for <laughs> Noah and yeah. to glorify God and, um, so, I mean, I read everything I could get my hands on about grief. I, you know, I talked to people I could about grief and the process. And obviously I prayed and, and had some counseling. Um, but so I would say to people, there are a lot of resources out there. Do your homework. Hmm. You know, if you have someone close to you who's lost someone, read. read. There's so many people's stories out there about their losses and their grief. And what helped um, them. And what yeah. helped them. Yeah. And, um, you know, just don't feel like you have to give us hope or say something to encourage us, because honestly, we didn't want that. No. Just it was be with you in it. Yeah. That's good. So uh, one of the challenges with grief, uh, especially this type of grief, where it's very intimate, very private, um, when the, the noise of your normal day subsides and you've... You've sort of avoided talking about it. You've, you've avoided the pain of that moment. Many couples uh, explain that they have trouble in talking to each other about it. And they'll do anything but talk about it. And we know that's not healthy or health- mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. How did you guys break through that sort of impasse where there was that awkward, not sure I want to talk about this anymore because it's too painful. I don't even know what to call that, but I know it exists. Well, first of all, we did everything the general counseling world told us not to do. Hmm. And we, we built a house. <laughs> we changed jobs. We had another child. We just, we did it all. Okay, this is what you don't do. Okay, let's just do them. <laughs> and, 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 and maybe, so your point is there's not a black and white. Right, exactly. And, and you know, we, we survived. Hmm. And I think... What you're looking at is how do you survive uh, past uh, as as life goes on and, and stuff. And it, I'll speak for myself. I don't know about Anne for sure, a hundred percent. But yeah, you know, the time does make things feel a little better as time goes on, uh, and as you get further and further. But you still remember things. Mm-hmm. You remember everything about it. Um, yeah, I don't know that there was a lot of discussion. 
I think what was important was just, um, you know, physically being present and being able to cry together. And um, mm. I probably would have punched him if he'd been tried to do something to make me feel better because I, I would have just resented that. I didn't want him to make me feel you better. You didn't want wanted, him to comfort you. Yeah. I wanted him to just be in be my pain in with me. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So um, we also had three kids at the time. And so, and our youngest was four. Um, so there was so much a lot of that we needed to do yeah. and we needed to care for them because they'd lost their brother. Mm-hmm. Um that, you know, honestly, in a lot of respects, um, I don't know that we really helped each other through that first part of the season all that much. You know, you had your um, the guys around you on the road who really were your support. I had my church and 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 friends. And, and it's not that we were separate in it, but we we just found what we needed in other places. What I'm hearing is is. And I think this is a fundamental truth: um, is don't feel the pressure or the weight of having to fix each other exactly. or fix the problem. Just be with each other right. in the problem. Because a lot of times, and men, I'm sure women too, you want to get in there and like, here's the problem. Let's tackle it. Let's fix it for mm-hmm. you know. And it can. We know that that's there's no quick fix to this. So what I'm hearing yeah. is whether it's not taking counselor's advice or not trying to like mm-hmm. make you feel better and. But what you did do is you didn't take the responsibility for making the other person whole again. You just right. walked through it with them, right. which I think is beautiful. Right. I think that's – and and we didn't do it by textbook. Right. We just did it. Yeah. Because that's what yeah. happened one step at a time, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you've said it twice already in this interview. You survived. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, th- I love that you're willing to say that because I think especially for those in the Christian world, the culture of the Christian faith – um, there's a pressure to get it right, sure. To to grieve right, to go through life right. I'm using air quotes for those who aren't watching. <laughs> and there's no right. There is no. Uh, right. There's no balance. No. There's no. You know, it's not clean. It's messy. It's hard. There's all kinds of rough edges to our lives. And the fact that you were able to just keep moving forward and and let life happen. You didn't stagnate. You didn't stop because of your pain. You kept going forward. You actually had another child, correct? We did, yes. Our, our youngest child, uh, Lucas, was born um, about 14 months after Noah hmm. died. So um, ah. that was a whole nother. I can imagine. Another episode. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but Lucas means bringer of light. Oh, and, yeah. Um, I just... Just really knew that um, he's, he's our gift from God, yeah. and, and it's been amazing because since he was young, um, you know, people will ask, you know, how many siblings do you have, and and the the normal answer probably would have been three because he does have three living siblings. But for Luke, it's always five. He always remembers Noah and Alex before Noah, mm. and so he's just grown up in a completely different reality than than his siblings. Yeah. That's see, so you know that that's that's the beauty of faith is it allows us to connect some dots to things. Mm-hmm. And I know your son mm-hmm. now as a young adult, and um, knowing more about your backstory and connecting that with Luke today, mm-hmm. um, man, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Like I, I'm sort of goosebumping right now, like because <laughs> I, I I really didn't put that together. I didn't understand the timeline that sure. well, and so. Now, Luke, 
makes a lot more sense. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Glad you do. <laughs> no, and, and Luke is one of the guys who edits these videos, so he's hearing all this. Uh, but, you know, he is a special young man, mm-hmm. and he has a, just a brilliance to him and a, and a curiosity about mm-hmm. life, and he's a seeker of truth. And yeah. so I'm mm-hmm. looking at all that stuff, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that so makes sense sure. now uh, why God would send you Luke. Uh, yeah. Um, because he is really uh, a light bringer. So that's cool. Robert, you have any last thoughts here? No, I just I so appreciate you guys being brave. This is really difficult yeah. to talk about. And yeah. and I think just the fact that you're here and, and willing to talk about it gives hope to other people that not only can they talk about it, but there's and because there is healing in talking about it, yeah. but also those that are walking through people with grief, knowing that just being present with them, you know, sure. you guys being brave enough to to share your story, I think is gonna encourage a lot of people. So thank you for yeah. Thank you for for showing that and yeah. and being vulnerable with us. I, I think I think the one one topic or one last thought is ours was ours was medical. Mm-hmm. Other people lose yeah. in other ways. Car like I said, car accidents. Who knows what? Uh, and and it doesn't matter. The one thing Anne learned was you could be eighty years old and you lose a daughter that's fifty. Yeah. Well. It doesn't change. You know, there isn't that baby mother or, you know, I'm older right. now. I'm not. No. Parents are parents. Yeah. Losing a child. Losing sure. a child is, is traumatic the same degree in your heart, no matter of the age. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, we've been talking with Joey and Ann Ciccolini. We've been really remembering mm-hmm. your story yeah. and Noah. And uh, in the in that moment of grief, there is a darkness, and uh, it may seem like that darkness will never fade, but it does, mm-hmm. and the light does come back. And thank you for your story. Um, and we are grateful to have you in the studio today. God bless. Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans, they have delicious coffees, and they they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans, they ship their coffee anywhere in the world, so you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome. I'm. I almost feel like we were supposed to be quiet a little bit. I, I was about to say, like, there's not a, you know, they used the right word when we were just kind of signing off with them about remembrance, and I think that's, you know, that's what we did, and and we reflected, and there's something sacred about that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't feel like being a radio announcer at the end of that and mm-hmm. bumpering it. So, you know, but I I am grateful that they shared that very difficult time with us. And I think it's going to bring encouragement to a lot of people and inspiration to those of us to reach out to those that are walking through it. Yeah, I think for me, uh, thinking about our audience um, and giving some practical sort of uh, suggestions for the people in your life who may be grieving, um, listening to their story about Noah, it reminded me that Instead of being afraid to talk with someone who's grieving, it's it's probably the most important time to engage. To become that safe place. 
Let them tell the story. Yeah. Even if you've heard it 20 times, like that, that's part of their grieving. Mm-hmm. As I listen to them telling the story, not forgetting, not ignoring, not moving on is vital for them to grieve. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's easy to misunderstand that if you're on the outside looking in, you're thinking, well, they need to move on and quote, they need closure, but they don't. They don't no. need closure. They need to remember they need to grieve. Right. That's exactly right. It's kind of like building an altar, like in the old, you know what I mean? It's like you don't walk past it and just go, well, that was that. I mean, it's important to to spend the time, build an altar. I mean, not literally, maybe literally, but but to just mark it because it's it's a it's an opportunity for God to transform our lives and um, everyone around us too. So it's important to pay attention to that. It is. And really, I want to thank uh, both Joey and Ann for their courage um, to come on the show and and open themselves up like that to just to remember that stuff is painful and uh, and, and is a risk. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for their courage. Me too. Well, Robert, uh, 99 episodes. Yeah. Long journey. We've Long been journey. And you are to blame. Or be credited. Or credited. Depending on how you look at it. Depending on how you look at it. So we're coming up on our 100th episode. Is that going to be a special one? You know, I've They're all special. Yeah, I mean, they all have all been special, but, you know, I've heard that it will be quite special. So you guys are going to have to join us again next week um, and see what's in store for our 100th episode. 100th episode is kind of a a milestone, as you were talking about. That's a standing stone, an Ebenezer stone, as we talked about in the Old Testament. That's right, Pastor. Uh, for those who've been listening and you may want to find out more about what we do and why we do it, you can go to bravelybraveparenting.com. Uh, we have an about section where you can read all the dirt on Robert and myself and find out who we are, what we do, and why we're qualified to be on this show. And you can also donate if you feel led to. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. Our hope is to encourage and equip families in a post-Christian culture. And while you're at it, whatever po- podcast platform you're on, click that subscribe button and a few likes would do us good. Five stars is what Brad always says. And I'll just say, have integrity and do what's on your heart. But um, we hope you have a great week and we're looking forward to spending some time with you again next week. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. You know, Robert, every parent, every pastor is looking for resources that are new and insightful for their kids. So true. So so where do we go? Well, with the advent of iShineLive.com, we have a web store. And in that web store, we've got resources. Like what? 
We've got resources like Bibles. We've got devotionals. We even have journals for kids. Do you have music? We do have music. And video? Absolutely. Wow. And everything's been designed for the preteen and tween in your life. Who needs Amazon? iShineLive.com. Check it out.